Uh, open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 49 and verse 22. It's the first book in the Bible, so if you got your, yep, pull out your phone. I know a lot of people, they were trained never to pull their phone out in church. Guess what? We want you to do that. But if I see you doing this and scrolling through Facebook, I will call you out. What do you think this mic? I, wear, I use a handheld mic to throw it. That's why I have this up here. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, Genesis, first book in the Bible. Get your Bible open. I want to speak to your heart. Genesis chapter 49 and verse 22. We're going to read the scripture as we normally do. And then we're going to pray, and then we're going to extract the truth that God has for us. I'm going to do part two of our series that we're in. So it says, Joseph, oh, Joseph. <laughs> That's a great way to start off a scripture. Joseph is a fruitful bough, a fruitful bough by a well. His branches run over the wall. The archers have bitterly grieved him, shot at him, and hated him. But his bow remained in strength, and the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the God, of the mighty God of Jacob. For there is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. I want you to underline that, the stone of Israel, because we're going to talk our whole series about bridge builders. And so this is important. I want you to notice this. And it says, by the God of your father who will help you, and by the Almighty who count how many blessings he says, who will bless you with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lies beneath, blessings of the breast and the womb, blessings of your father have excellent have excelled the blessings of my ancestor. How many are hearing that this young man's being blessed? And he says, up to the utmost bound of the everlasting hills, they shall be on the head of Joseph and on the crown of the head of him who was separate from his brothers. Let's pray. Lord, in Jesus' name. Come on, why don't you pray with me? Lord, we thank you. Everybody online too, wherever you're at, streaming in Palm Springs all the way to Florida, wherever you are, I want you to tune in right now and pray with me. The Holy Spirit's going to move in your life. And Lord, we thank you for the word. We could move on with the word and let the Holy Spirit do the rest and do no more preaching today. But I know that you want to extract some truth and put it into the light for someone today. And we're going to receive such truth that it becomes the blessing that we need in our life. And Lord, anoint me to follow your spirit, to preach your word and not my word, your will and not my will. And Lord, we thank you for today in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. All right. Let's jump into this. So we started off last week with a new series called Bridge Builders. And at the end of the service, we're going to show a video describing what Bridge Builders is all about. Because we take an end-of-the-year offering, and this year we're titling our Bridge Builders offering. Okay? Somebody say, build that bridge. Build that bridge. All right. We're doing a really good second service. Way quicker than first service, I'll tell you that. Uh, but we have, we're going to do a Bridge Builders offering, and it's going to help go and change the world, and we'll, you'll hear more about that in a minute. But we started this series last week, and the title of the series, or the title of that message, was The Bridge to My Breakthrough. I want you to write that down, because I want you to look that up on our podcast. I actually had to preach it in two parts, because it was just that awesome. And so it was in the Sunday that I began it, and then Wednesday that I concluded that first part of our series. Then today, I want to talk to you about the bridge to your blessing. That's the title of my message. Make sure you take good notes. We're a reflective church and we take what God is saying to us seriously. And so the bridge to my blessing. I don't think I'm looking at a single person in here or any of those online that doesn't want to be blessed. How many want to be blessed today? Come on, show your hands. I want to be blessed today. I want to be blessed. In fact, slap your neighbor and say, we better get blessed. We better get blessed. We better get blessed. 
Did you know that God doesn't ever want to speak a word to you that doesn't bless you? God never intends to do anything in your life that he doesn't want it to bless your life. And every great believer, and write this down, every great believer is a great builder. Every great believer is a great builder. The Bible teaches us this. He says, the idle hands are for the devil's work. You ought to be building something. I'm not a construction guy. I'm terrible. They didn't even allow me to hang pictures. Uh, I'm, I'm that bad at it. I try, and I try to paint something, and they're like, we'll just repaint it when he's done. Thank you for your help and your effort. Go away now. <laughs> you, you just stick to preaching. Stick to your day job, young man. And so we have a lot of great people who are great builders, but that doesn't mean you opt out of being a builder just because you don't have the skill or you don't know. And let me speak to your heart as a believer and a Christian right now. Just because you don't know the whole Bible doesn't mean you're not meant to build with the Bible. Just because you don't know everything about God. And anybody who ever claims they know it all, right, be weary of them. Because nobody knows everything about God. You won't know everything about God. I don't think we'll ever, not even when we get to heaven, because then we become all-knowing like God. I'll never be God, and I'll never know it all. But as long as I know who he is, that's all I need. Because I'm called to bridge the gap. Somebody say, bridge the gap. We're called to bridge the gap. We're called to bridge the gap between the church and the community. We're called to bridge the gap between the saved and the unsaved. We're called to build bridges. That's what we are called to be. That's even the Great Commission. He says, go. Everybody say, go. go. Into all the world. Why? Because you've got to bridge the gap. You've got to go. Bridge that gap and build a bridge. Connect with people. We gotta stop building walls. We gotta stop burning bridges. We gotta stop hating. We gotta stop judging. We gotta stop being the condemnator. We've got to stop playing the part we were never meant to play. And in this passage, this is a passage, a beautiful passage. A lot of people don't know this passage. And it's a passage about a father's blessing. And let me just speak to some men for a little bit. In Hebrews chapter 11, it's called the Hall of Faith. It's a long passage about all the incredible acts of faith. I'm talking about parting the Red Sea. Isn't that incredible? Anybody ever parted the, a sea before? Walls of water go on either side. And they list all these incredible miracles and acts of faith. And then right in the middle of this passage it says, And then Jacob blessed Joseph. Why would it say that? Because one of the greatest things in our world that we need and long for is a father's blessing. We need our Heavenly Father to bless us. Can I get an amen? We need, we need our men. Men, let me speak to your heart. Your job isn't just putting bacon on the table, right? It's not just being the protector. You need to speak a blessing over your family. You need to have a blessing, a ready written blessing to speak over your children. It's the blessing you speak because unspoken love is not love at all. Unspoken blessing is no blessing to be taken. You have to speak your blessing, men. So that's just, that's free. That's extra. That's not even for the whole message. But you have to do, you have to speak. You have to, you have to, you want to receive it. We need a blessing. We need to be blessed. We want to be blessed. And so when we see this, we see this passage and we see him blessing Jacob. But let me, or Joseph, let me tell you the story of Joseph. If you don't know it already, all you theologians in here, just follow along and amen with me as we go through. So it starts off, it's Joseph as a young boy and he's the colorful one. Come on, how many know a kid I'm talking about? Y'all know the colorful kid who's just vibrant and extra? That's the, I think that's the new word right now. Extra. He's just extra. And so he has all this, and he's got his coat of many colors, and he's wonderful, and he's ignorant, okay? He does not know the difference of what he should and should be doing. He gets a dream from God. 
fact, two dreams. And he shares it with his brothers, and his brothers hate him. Then he's, he didn't get it the first time. So he shares it again. He share, he's like, let me share another dream of how you serve me. And so he shares a whole dream, and then he shares it with his father. So his father, his brothers, everybody, they rebuke him. They hate him. In fact, his brothers hate him so much, they said, that's it. Let's kill him. See, the first bridge that you're going to have to have is a bridge between you and God because when you have to do the difficult thing, it's only God who will keep you through the thing. You want to get through life, right? You're going to have to have a bridge with God first because at least Joseph, in his ignorance, was willing to speak what God said rather than to cower back and say, I just don't want to offend anybody. I don't want anybody to think I'm like a hot shot. How, am I talking to any dreamers out there? Am I the only dreamer that you're, you're afraid to talk about how, how great you want to be in life? Oh, come on, let me preach to somebody. Where you want to do something incredible with your life. And you want to be, I don't care if it's you want to be a billionaire or you want to be a superstar or you want to be an athlete. And I know you're going to be a great athlete. Whatever it is, whatever level of influence, let me just tell you, God wants you to have those good dreams. God wants you to excel to greatness. The Bible says that Daniel had a spirit of excellence that excelled him above the rest because Daniel wanted beyond the average and ordinary. You have to have that in you. And, and, and Joseph wasn't afraid of sharing it. He was like, I'm going to be in charge of all of you. <laughs> so they drug him away, acted like they killed him, threw him in a pit. They ended up not killing him. And then they decided to sell him into slavery. So they sold him into slavery. So he could have remained in the pit. Let me just categorize this. The pit right here, the pit is the pit of unforgiveness. You can continue to get mad. You can continue to dig. But you need to put that shovel down and pick up a hammer and start building because you can remain in your pit and you can continue to dig. And, man, they just didn't do this. And they, they treated me like this. And I, you could stay in your pit all your life. And you could stay in your pit. And you just keep digging. And you keep digging with the resentment. You keep digging with unforgiveness. You keep digging. And you keep digging. And, per, and you think you're digging your way out, but you're digging your way deeper. Somebody put down the shovel today and pick up a hammer and say, I'm, I'm going to build my way out of this sucker. I'm getting out. I'm building my bridge. Come on, bridge church. Say, build that bridge. bridge. We got to build that bridge. Stop digging the ditch of pain further into your pain. We used to play a little trick on my brother, my baby brother. I'm the oldest brother, obviously. And so my little baby brother, he, uh, we were born, me, me and my other brother, there's three of us. But the two of us, we were born blonde hair, blue eyes, you know, olive complexion. And we're like, oh, you know, we're so cool. And then my baby brother came along, and he was born with dark hair and brown eyes and pale. And so we were like, you were adopted, bro. (laughs) (laughs) And it was a terrible trick to play on my little brother. But we, we, even in that little torment, like he would cry and get upset, but then he'd get over it and move on. And he, of course, he's an awesome. He serves in the Navy right now. And I, I'm so thankful for all of our armed services. It's given me a whole new respect for our military. But he serves and he's an incredible. He's a monster. He's six foot five and just a beast. Played college. and I mean, He's just incredible. He's, he could whoop me now. But he, he got out of that. Let me just tell you, like you, he just had a little effect. Have you ever had somebody betray you? Have you ever had somebody, have you ever had your own family, like Joseph, sell you into slavery, abuse you, mistreat you, that uncle who, taught, who did something to you that shouldn't have touched you that way, that shouldn't have handled? Let me just tell I'm speaking to somebody's heart right now that the Holy Spirit's telling me, you, you need to put the shovel down. It's not helping you, it's only hurting you. And you need to dig your way out. 
And then Joseph goes on, and Joseph goes to the uh, Joseph goes to Egypt, and then Joseph ends up serving in Potiphar's house, one of the top guys, really wealthy guy, and he's doing good. Everybody, take a deep breath in and let it go. <sighs> Finally, I'm not in slavery. Finally, I'm not being threatened to be killed. Finally, I'm not in my pit. And then he's doing good. He's fulfilling. He's using his gifts. He's excellent. He's stewarding. He's doing all the right things. How many have ever done all the right things and still things don't go right? So you can do the right thing. Let me just tell you, the reward for somebody who's a warrior and victorious is another battle. The reward for somebody who's productive is more work. So just know when a battle comes, a test comes, a trial comes, God's just rewarding you because he knows you can win. Take it as a, oh, okay, got this. We could do this. So Joseph got tested because then the wife of Potiphar tries to get him to sleep with him. He says no, and he takes off running. He flees. The Bible says flee from all iniquity. You don't walk away from sin. You run from sin. You run from all the things of the world that try to tie you down. You run from alcoholism. You run from drug addiction. You run from all those things. If you're walking away, it will catch up to you. And you can't be caught when you're running and in motion with God. Come on, somebody put your hand together who's been delivered and who knew how to run run don't stay standing don't like I, I hate this mentality I hear it all the time and it's they're in the they're in the the worst situation of, of sin all around them they're like well, I'm just gonna take it one step at a time you know we're just gonna kind of wade our way out of this and pretty soon they're only really doing circles and they end up in the same problem they were in to begin with because they want to take it one step at a time you have to run you have to run from those things. So then he tries to run. He does the right thing again. And then he gets thrown into prison. <laughs> so now he's in prison. And while he's in prison, he ends up in this horrible situation. How many of you have given up right there? If you'd have been in a pit, sold into slavery, things start going right, everything's going good, you're doing the right thing. And then you still get thrown into prison. How many would have been like, you know what? This just, it's not for me. I, I, obviously, I'm meant to fail. And I think a lot of people think that you, you, there, when you hit rough times in your life, you're, you, you, it starts to speak to you. Because a situation that lasts too long becomes chaos in your life that becomes the cause of your life and starts to destroy your life because you associate your life with your issues. Instead of associating your life with who God created you to be. And Joseph, no matter what he faced, even in prison, he said, this isn't me. Come on, turn to your neighbor that you really like and say, this isn't you. Now turn to the one you didn't turn to and say, he's talking about you too. <laughs> you, you, you have the opportunity to say, you know what? No, this doesn't define me. My, my, my trap, my prison, my situation doesn't define who God created me to be. And Joseph excelled in prison, interpreting his dreams. Why? Because he used his gift to glorify God. When you use your gift, God will get the glory. When you withhold your gift, God gets no glory and you get no elevation. But he begins to elevate him in the prison system. Am I preaching to anybody today? Because I'm talking about our church right here. Elevate us in the prison system. And then all of a sudden he goes to the top of the prison system. And now he's in charge of all the prisons in Egypt, which is about 3 million people. And not only does he interpret the dreams, but now he goes from the pit to the prison. Now he's about to go to the palace. Keep building your bridges. Stop wallowing in your pit. Stop wallowing in your prison. Get ready because the bridge that you just built is about to get you to your palace. And God is ready to bless you 
because you're going to say, okay, you know what, let's go. It's a one in a three million chance that Joseph would be able to go see the Pharaoh. One in three million. What are, everybody say that, what are the odds? What, what are the odds? That Joseph, you don't think there was another good person with some talent in that entire kingdom? Out of three million people, don't you think someone else probably was out there that had some cool giftings and talents? But something was an anointing on Joseph because he decided to continue. He served the prisons. The people who were watching over him and keeping him in prison, he served them. He served Potiphar as he was a slave. He served, he served. One of the biggest bridges you're going to ever build is the bridge of servanthood. And as you build that bridge, watch, it's going to get you to the palace. And he gets to the palace, he interprets the dream of the Pharaoh, and then he gets put in second command of all of Egypt. And he saves them from an entire famine. This is Egypt we're talking about. Anybody know the Bible? Was Egypt ever considered the good one? The good guy? No. He went to serve the bad guy. He was taking care of the bad guy. You ever thought that the other Hebrew people who were probably around there saying, what is that Hebrew doing with Egyptians? Because what does the scripture say right after this? I want you to go back with me. So first, let me show you the scripture where he builds a bridge. The Bible says in verse 22, it says, his branches run over the wall. Underline that scripture. Because where he saw a wall of division, he built a bridge of unity. He decided when his brothers came to him after having sold him into slavery, he was running all of Egypt. His brothers showed up on the scene. He saved his entire family and blessed the whole family. When he, he blessed Potiphar's house, he blessed all of Egypt. He blessed other tribes and nations that were against the people of Israel and he, the Hebrews. I'm telling you, this guy knew how to build bridges. Everybody knows Joseph as the dreamer, but Joseph was a builder. And he says he decided to reach over the wall. Somebody say, let's get over the wall. Because you could choose to build a wall or build a bridge. It takes the same tools. How, what's built is up to you. It takes the exact same tools to build both. And you can build a wall of bitterness. You can build a wall of unforgiveness. You could say, you know what, brothers? You sold me into slavery. You threw me in a pit. You left me for dead. No, 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 no. I'm building a wall right here. And what we do, we build walls because we think we're blocking out to protect us. But really, you're not blocking out the bad guy. You're blocking out your blessing. Don't build a wall to block out everybody around you. Pretty soon, you'll find yourself trapped in your own walls. And the reason you feel confined and the reason you feel constricted, the reason you feel like you can't go and be and do anymore is because you've built a wall for that people because you don't like them. You built a wall for these people because they don't look like you. You built a wall for here because you're racist and you don't like that color. You built another wall because you just continued to build walls and build walls. We got to start breaking down walls here at this church and we got to reach over and we got to bridge the gap. Somebody say build it. We got to build we got to build the bridge. we got to build the... That's why he says you reached over. You reached over, but right after that, look with me. Right after he says, and you reached over, it says this, the archers have bitterly grieved him. When you try to bridge the gap, there are going to be people who don't like it. When you try to bridge the gap... For relationships. When you try to bridge the gap to the unsaved and reach the lost. And that's what the, the Egyptian culture, that's what that represents, the world. And so they say, when you try to reach, what are you doing with those Egyptians? 
What are you doing with them? Why are you trying? And other people who should be for you are shooting at you because you decided to reach the lost. You decided to have a friend who doesn't go to church. You decided to have a friend and have a relationship that somebody doesn't believe in Christ. And by talking to anybody that knows that you need to have some relationships outside of these four walls and say, I'm called to bridge the gap. You don't know Jesus? That's all right. That's okay. I want to bless you and I want to bless your family. I want to bless. I want to be a blessing in your life. And I'm going to bridge the gap. I'm going to come over here. But there are people who are, and I'm not going to like it. I had somebody tell me who, they don't go to this church anymore, and you'll see why. But um, they said, why are you going down to those prisoners? They can't pay tithe. Yeah, you can go ahead and say, that's stupid. Because you know what? That is stupid. We're not going out there to, to just get money. We're not going out there to get a bigger crowd. We're going out there because we're called to reach over that wall, the wall that separates us, the wall of hate, the wall of division, the wall of disunity. We can't afford, Christians, we can't afford to be in disunity anymore. Our generation needs to rise up in a powerful way and reach the lost and say, I'm not coming to do church like they used to do church because I saw the damages that came from good intentions. We're not just going to have good intentions we're going to have great execution because we're going to step out and we're going to build bridges where they built walls and we're going to tear down walls and build the bridges that God called us to build I, I hope I have more heathen friends than I do Christian friends oh isn't it great to hang out with a sinner every once in a while they tend to they cuss better they drink better right they smile typically more I yeah, all of a sudden, every, everybody in here was like, I smile too. <laughs> I, I don't want more Christian friends. I want, I want an unbeliever. I want somebody who doesn't know Jesus and doesn't know their hope. I want, some, I want to reach the Egyptians. I want to reach the prisoners. I want to reach Mexico. and I, I want to reach every, everywhere. Nepal, I want to step out. I want to bridge. I want to bridge the gap. We got to have a heart for the hurting we got to reach out and say, hey, I know that church may have hurt you, but I'm telling you, Jesus won't hurt you. Jesus became the ultimate bridge, and it stretched from one hand to the other for you and I. And he did it through relationship. He did it by saying, I'm going to come to give all I've got for you because I'm not going to leave any lost. I'm coming to do what no one else can do. There are bridges that only you can build. There are bridges that I can't build for you that your neighbor can't build for you, that even God won't build for you because you've got to pick up your own hammer. You've got to pick up your own tools and you've got to start saying, I'm not building any walls anymore. I'm going to reach over and I'm going to be a bridge builder with my whole life, with my whole heart, with everything I've got, with my time, my talent, my treasure. Come on, let's give God 10 seconds of praise in this place and put your hands together. Now, Okay, now, now let me get to the really good part. For every bridge builder, there is a blessing. Your breakthrough comes when you build bridges. And your blessing comes when you build bridges. Because Joseph was a bridge builder, while other sons got one line of a blessing, some of them actually got rebuked and their blessing taken. Joseph, he spoke over five verses and said... I'm going, in the chapter before this, I'm going to give you double blessing. I'm going to give you more than the others. I'm going to give you so much. And jo listen, Joseph didn't need it. Joseph was a wealthy, rich man. 
He was second in command of the, entire, of the greatest nation in the world at the time. He was, dude, he had it all. He said, let me do this for you. His father spoke a blessing. He said, give me your two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. Bring your sons in here. Now they're going to be as if they were my sons, and they're going to get the same blessing as your brothers get and as you get, and now you get double the blessing. Come on, somebody say, double my blessing. Double my blessing. Come on, say it again. Come on, say it again. Double my blessing. Double my blessing. Oh, I'm going to prove it to you right here. When you're a bridge builder, God gives you double the blessing. This year is our full physical year, first full physical year. Last 2018, we launched in April, or sorry, end of March, Palm Sunday, and we had all the way till Christmas. And then this year was our first full physical year. We launched prison ministry. We launched our missions program. We started building bridges, started reaching the lost. We became Bridge Church officially. All that happened this year. And you know what happened? We doubled this year from last year. We doubled in size. We doubled in giving. We doubled in two locations. We doubled. We doubled. Come on, somebody say, double my blessing. Come on. Come on, church, stay with me. Double my blessing. Double my blessing. I don't want just enough. I want double for my trouble. There you go, as the old Baptist preacher said. Because Joseph, because he went through the trouble, he's the one who decided to roll up his sleeves, unbutton his nice jacket and say, you know what? Let's get dirty. I'm ready to work. It's okay. I know, I, I know what pain feels like. I know what rejection feels like. And I know how to overcome them. I know how to build a bridge. That's okay. I know you hate me right now, but you're going to love me in a minute because I'm going to bless you. When you try to curse me, I'm going to bless you. When you try to hate me, I'm going to bless you. When you try to talk, uh, talk bad about me, I'm going to bless you. When you try to speak trash about me, I'm going to speak blessing over you. I'm going to build a bridge when you're trying to build a wall. And as high as you stack that wall, my bridge is just going to arc right over it. My love is coming. My blessing's coming. I'm coming after you. And I'm I'm going to build that bridge. And the last point is this. We're going to show that video. The last point is this. He goes, he blesses his sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. They become a part of the original real 12 tribes within a way of Israel. And so now they get to be a part of this. Is that okay that I teach you a little bit? So then you have the 12, Jacob, his 12 sons, and then but they become a part of the original 12 that get the blessing. And then, one, two. Five generations later, there's a man called Naboth. Everybody say Naboth. Naboth. Just an interesting name. Naboth has a beautiful vineyard, garden. I mean, beautiful property. It, it's on the wall. Hear me now. It's on the wall right between him and the king, King Ahab, the one who tried to kill Elijah. You follow me? So Ahab has a palace, a summer palace. On the other side of that wall is, a, is Naboth's garden. He looks over and he's like, your garden is incredibly beautiful, thinking that it was because Naboth is just a green thumb gardener. And he was like, this is amazing. This is beautiful. I want it. I want to buy it from you. He said, no, I can't sell it because this is my inheritance. Because he, five generations later, was blessed by Joseph who built a bridge. This is the descendant of Joseph. It's not just going to be a double blessing. Oh, somebody hear me in this house. You're going to get a generational blessing where your kids and your grandkids and your great-grandkids, all of a sudden, the work that you put in, the trouble that you went through, God is going to bless you over and over and over because when God blesses you, it goes beyond you. When it's man's blessing, it remains with you. When it's God's blessing, it goes beyond you. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Because it will. I don't want man's blessing. I don't want your little blessing. I want God's blessing.
Isn't that happened, what happened with uh, Abraham and Melchizedek? And then the other king who came down and tried to bless Abraham and take from Abraham to, give, Abraham to give him man's blessing? And he says, no, 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 Melchizedek is the king of peace. I'm going to put him first. I want his blessing. See, when you put God first, all of a sudden you get a double blessing. All of a sudden you become a bridge builder and you get the generational blessing. And no matter what you're going through right now, God's going to take care of them all the way through and beyond you. I know you're like me. I'm ready to build that bridge. I'm ready to be a bridge builder. I'm not one. When you're a spectator, you don't get to partake in the building nor the blessing. Don't be a spectator. This is not a spectator sport, right? This is an engagement experience where you can engage in your faith and say, okay, God, I'm going to be like Joseph, and I'm going to bridge the gap. We have a heart for the hurting. The Bible says, according to the grievance of your heart will be the cry that comes from you. How much does it grieve you that there are people who don't have hope? How much does it grieve you that there are people in Mexico that we minister to at a special needs orphanage that the reason we sponsor that is because if they don't get to this orphanage, they get tied up to a tree all day because they don't know what to do with special needs children. We're one of the only churches sponsoring that orphanage. To take care of not just the kids, but teach the parents. That when you give here, it changes the world. And one day when this church is 20 and 30 years old, and thousands of people and hundreds of churches around the world, we're going to look back and say, this is where it started. Where we decided we're going to do whatever it takes. We're going to build a bridge. And we're going to become the bridge builders that God called us to at all costs. Amen. So take your tithe and your offering in your hand, and then we're going to pray over this offering, and then we're going to receive it. Uh, But before we do, as you're preparing your offering, your tithe, Bridge Builders offering is available today. I need to mention this. It's available to give into the bridge offering today, but I also want you to pray about it. If you're not going to be here next week to give it or on the 22nd at our big service at the Ardry, which I want everybody, if you're leaving, fly back. Y'all think I'm kidding. No, I'm just kidding. So uh, be, uh, make sure you're for there for the Ardry. If you're not here for Christmas Eve services, that, uh, to the, the ones that we have, g- give whenever you can. But let me just tell you, because we're going to officially receive it on the 24th and 22nd. But I-, I want you to pray. I want you to pray. Maybe it's give big. Give bigger than you've ever given before. Give 100. Give a 500. Give a 1,000. I remember there was a day when I said, God, $25 is a ton of money for me. And it was a lot. And I said, but God, one day I want to give a $2,500 check. Can you help me get there? And as, as I put God first, God, God empowered and blessed me. And so you, you might, it's not, the amount's not the important. You need to say, okay, God, I'm, I'm putting you first. To me, this amount is huge. That's why the Bible calls us to all give a tithe. Because a tithe is the same amount for everybody. It's 10%. Right? And so we're called to give. But I want you to take your gift in your hand, tithe, offering. And then if you're praying about your bridge offering, just grab the person of the hand next to you or your friend, your family member, and let's pray. Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you for today. And I thank you for the opportunity to worship in our giving. I pray that you would bless this bridge builder's offering. We're not going to be a spectator. We're going to be a builder. We're picking up our tool belt. We're picking up our hammer. We're picking it up, God, and we're getting ready to build 
We're going to build bridges to reach the lost. We're going to build bridges to those who are hurting. We're going to build bridges to the world. And, Lord, we thank you, God, that we are not just Bridge Church by title. It's who we are by what we do. And, Lord, we thank you, God, that you're going to bless this gift and bless the giver. Double blessing this year, God. Double blessing over them and a generational blessing for everyone who decides to be a part of a Bridge Builder offering. In Jesus' name, Amen. God bless you as you worship in your giving. Christian.